Welcome to Any Questions, a podcast about conception, pregnancy, and realistic motherhood. Follow along on my journey as I ask the questions we all have when it comes to getting pregnant, staying pregnant, and becoming parents. I'm not an expert and I have no experience. I'm going through it all just like you. So thanks for being here and let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to Any Questions, a podcast all about conception, fertility, and hopefully one day pregnancy, childhood, parenthood, all that good stuff. Today's episode is called, Is Implantation Bleeding a Real Thing? Uh, It's, first of all, let me actually just apologize if I sound a little bit congested here. Um, I'm just getting over COVID. I, my husband and I were both down with COVID over the last uh, couple of weeks. This is actually my second time having COVID. I first had it in March 2021 and now uh, summer 2022. I've had it again. So um, it's no fun. It sucks. Uh, Luckily, you know, we're both doing okay. Just, um, you know, coughs and sore throats and congestion and body aches and fatigue and that sort of thing. But luckily nothing that had to um, get us, you know, hospitalized or require any further like interventions or medication or anything like that. So very grateful for that. Um, the hilarious part of it though, is that the, uh, almost well, a couple days shy of the peak of our COVID symptoms, uh, actually is when I ovulated, which, you know, if you have a regular 28 day cycle, no big deal. You know, you have COVID, your husband has co or your partner, whoever has COVID, um, you probably, you know, skip out on trying to make a baby at that time. But for me, if you've been following along on my journey here, um, I do have PCOS and over the spring, I guess it was, I went um, a very long time without a period. My cycle ended up lasting 139 days, which is just bananas. So I'm in the process of doing all sorts of fun testing um, for that. Basically, it's a lot of just hurry up and wait. So, you know, waiting until I can do the next test. So far, I've done the blood work, but I haven't been able to go for the, um, they're calling it the HSG test, just the timing wasn't right. So hoping to get that done soon. Um, (laughs) But even in, um, I guess, quote unquote, regular cycles for me are quite long. They're usually, uh, you know, 37, 38, 39 days. So skipping a a chance to (laughs) conceive is really tough. It means a minimum, you know, five week wait till the next time, if not potentially a four month wait, if I have another super, super long cycle. So a little bit scary. So we did try our best. Um, We were, well, I mean, I don't know if we successfully conceived, but we were successful in doing the deed one night after... (laughs) a few false starts just coughing it's you know it's funny when you've been with someone for a while and you're married and you know things that are supposed to be um you know fun in the bedroom and you just end up coughing or sneezing or sniffling but you do what you gotta do my husband was a champ he pushed through (laughs) um so we were able to get uh one time under our belts during what i hope was still my fertile window um so crossing fingers on that. And uh, now I'm in another two week wait, which I thought about doing a whole episode just on like, you know, how to survive the two week wait again, even though I've already done an episode on that. Um, but I figure it's going to be pretty similar to past two week waits that I've had just a lot of being like cautiously optimistic. I think, 
you know, I've done a few episodes now on like how to not get your hopes up, but also is it okay to get your hopes up, how to kind of enjoy that time. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm being, um, yeah, cautiously optimistic. I want to sort of ride the wave on this of, you know, some days I'm going to be more positive than others. Some days I'm going to be really hopeful and looking forward to things like yesterday when I, you know, went into Google Sheets and kind of mapped out the next like two years if we are pregnant, what that's going to look like, especially with the baby trip that I've talked about quite a lot. We want to travel um, during my husband's parental leave from work. So did a lot of <laughs> hopeful, exciting things around that yesterday. Um, yeah, I'm trying, trying my best not to Google too hard. Um, just sort of, you know, go with it. Um, assume, you know, we didn't really give ourselves great odds this time. We obviously were only able to do the deed once during what I think was the fertility window. We may have been a day late. Um, just again, COVID, the COVID really got us. Um, on top of COVID, it is disgustingly hot uh, in Vancouver at the time of recording. This is end um, or sort of like midsummer, I guess. Uh, it's very, very warm here. We're in a big heat dome, heat wave situation. And um, on top of it just being grossly hot in the city, we are still dealing with water damage in our apartment from a leak from our upstairs neighbors. And part of dealing with that is having this giant dehumidifier in our house that makes things even hotter. So <laughs> sick with COVID, hot outside, hot inside. It's just been, it's been a time around here. So it will be some kind of a miracle if we manage to actually conceive this round, given all the things fighting against us. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not super confident. I think there were other times when I was like, yeah, we, you know, we nailed it. We perfectly timed it. Um, but who knows, right? We will, we will see, see how it goes, I guess. In a couple weeks here, I'll be able to take a test and see, um, see how things shook out, see if it worked for us. And even if it didn't, um, hopefully at least the, the good news would be, this is like a little bit more normal timing for me. Um, like I said, I had that super long 139 day cycle over the spring and then was able to get my period finally at the end of that. And if I do have my period now coming up in the next two weeks, I would be back at least on my 39 day cycles, which um, is a little bit better than, than 139 days. So uh, it's just a lot of a lot of fun stuff over here. Though I was, when I was mapping out sort of like what the timeline would be if we did happen to get pregnant this time, the timing is not super ideal. I mean, <laughs> when you are in the middle of a trying to conceive journey and you are dealing with things like PCOS and really long cycles and sort of not really knowing what's happening and, and all that, you don't really have the luxury of being like, ah, I don't really want to, you know, an Aries baby. Let me just take this month off. Like that's not really something we're comfortable doing right now, um, just because it has been pretty difficult up until this point. Um, so we certainly didn't want to take time off. Like I said, that's why we kind of pushed through with COVID, but the timing would be a little bit rough. Um, if things did work out now, I would sort of be at the peak of my, um, potential morning sickness, according to Google. Uh, I would be at the peak of that right when we've planned a 10-day trip to Europe. Um, so that would either make that trip really crappy or we'd have to cancel if things are just, you know, really not looking good. So that kind of sucks. And then the baby would be due um, in the spring of next year, uh, exactly when we have booked a trip to New Zealand and Australia. And we got a really great flight deal on that trip. So excited. I've never been to New Zealand. It's like top of my bucket list. My husband's never been to Oceania. So he's really excited to go. So of course we would try to reschedule that to be able to go um, maybe sometime in my second trimester, but it would probably be 
pretty difficult. Um, I'm not sure the airline would want to honor our flight deal if we're having to move our dates by multiple months. Um, so there's a chance we'd have to miss that trip altogether or, you know, just kind of take a credit and hope one day to be able to fly, <laughs> fly with Fiji Airways again. So that would be a little bit unfortunate to have to cancel or rearrange that trip as well as our, you know, Europe trip either being canceled or just not a great time for me. Um, but of course, all of that would totally be worth it if we were able to get pregnant, stay pregnant, have a baby, that would be awesome and totally worth canceling or missing or ruining a few trips. No big deal. Um, but you know, in, in a perfect ideal world, uh, well, in a perfect ideal world, we got pregnant like three cycles ago and none of this is a concern, but <laughs> here we are. So that's where I'm at. I am just starting my next little two week wait here. I'm like two days potentially post ovulation again, not quite sure on the timing here, but a couple days out from trying to conceive. So we will just follow along and see how that goes. And as I'm going back into this uh, next two week wait, it got me thinking about implantation bleeding. And I've done an episode before on, you know, is it implantation bleeding or is it just my period? And in doing that episode, I came across quite a few articles that actually started um, a thought in my head of like, you know, is implantation bleeding even a thing? So I did a little bit more research. And by that, I mean, maybe 15 minutes of Googling. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to share that with you today so we can decide, is it real? Is it not real? Is it happening? Is it not happening? And what the heck do we do with all of that information? All right. So is implantation bleeding a real thing? Maybe. <laughs> it seems uh, people are a little bit divided on this. And there are some studies that are showing that it's not a thing in that implantation itself does not cause bleeding. However, bleeding in early pregnancy or in the days leading up to your period, spotting, that sort of thing is super common. Um, but generally, like if you Google implantation bleeding, you will find lots of really credible websites, articles uh, that talk about it as if it is a real thing. So in case you have no idea what I'm talking about, here's the definition from the Mayo Clinic fairly reputable place. Uh, you know, you've, I'm sure you've heard of the Mayo Clinic before. They are operating under the assumption that implantation bleeding is uh, real. Some of their language here is a little bit um, like, you know, it's thought to, or maybe it might. So I think they're also a little bit on the fence, but here's the definition that they give for implantation bleeding. They say implantation bleeding is defined as a small amount of light spotting or bleeding. It typically occurs 10 to 14 days after conception. Implantation bleeding is common and it isn't usually a sign of a problem. Implantation bleeding is thought to happen, thought to happen, when the fertilized egg attaches to the lining of the uterus. It usually occurs around the time you would expect to have a menstrual period. However, implantation bleeding is lighter than menstrual bleeding. So again, if you go back to that first episode I did on implantation bleeding versus um, like period bleeding, menstrual bleeding, that's generally the consensus. It's lighter than your period. It obviously doesn't ramp up and become your period. I think the color is usually supposed to be different. It's more of like a pink or a light brown, not that like bright scarlet red. However, if you do a little bit more digging, um, there are some articles that come out to sort of say implantation bleeding. Nope, not a thing. So the best one I found was from um, a place called Ava or Ava World, and it seems like they sell fertility products. So take that with a grain of salt in terms of, <laughs> you know, obviously they have their own um, agenda here. However, I, I don't understand why you know, saying implantation bleeding is real or not would affect the sales of their product. Um, but here's what they say. So uh, this is quoting directly from the article and I'll link it in the show notes, but they say light bleeding or spotting is common during the premenstrual 
premenstrual phase, also called the luteal phase of a woman's cycle, whether or not she is pregnant. So how can you tell the difference between normal luteal phase spotting and true implantation bleeding? You can't. According to research, implantation probably does not cause bleeding. Why? Well, for one thing, when bleeding does occur during early pregnancy, it's unlikely to occur during the implantation window of 6 to 12 days past ovulation. A 2003 study of 151 pregnant women found that most episodes of bleeding occurred at least five days after implantation. The authors of that study concluded, we find no support for the hypothesis that implantation can cause vaginal bleeding. So lots of stuff there to break down. So basically what they're saying is, let me see if I can try to get some numbers here. So um, basically what they're saying is that, you know, light bleeding, spotting, whatever you want to call it, is super common in those two weeks, in that two-week wait window between when you ovulate and when either you learn that you're pregnant or your period comes. It's common. It happens for a lot of people, whether or not you are pregnant. However, is it actually implantation that causes that bleeding? They're saying no, and they're referencing this 2003 study. And if you look at the numbers that they're presenting, it makes a lot of sense because, so they're saying implantation usually occurs six to 12 days past ovulation. So that would be um, you know, assuming that you tried to conceive on the day of ovulation or, you know, that's kind of the same ballpark, that would be uh, right sort of in that same window. The Mayo Clinic said 10 to 14 days after conception. So this is a bit of a smaller window. It's saying 6 to 12 days after ovulation is when that implantation starts. Um, however, the bleeding in this 2003 study happened five days after implantation. So that would be bleeding happening anywhere from, let's see, nine to 17 days uh, past conception, I guess, or past ovulation. If you, I'm just adding five to that six to 12. So it kind of lines up with what the Mayo Clinic was calling the 10 to 14 day window, right? Nine to 17 days kind of close. You can see that there is overlap there. But I think the big thing here is that, and I'd read this in another article too, that like scientists are basically saying like, you know, nobody is watching, nobody's got like a little um, microscope in your uterus hanging out saying like, yep, okay, it implanted right now. And yep, there's the blood. So it's really hard to say that that is the cause. And a lot of the times what people are calling implantation bleeding is probably just that spotting that you would have had anyways. It's not necessarily implantation that caused it. The article goes on to say, uh, bleeding in the days before your period is due should not be considered a positive sign of pregnancy. According to a 2016 study of 549 women who are trying to conceive, bleeding is more likely to indicate an impending period than it is to indicate pregnancy. So this one's a little bit harsh because they said already, you know, light bleeding and spotting, it's common during that two-week wait, whether you're pregnant or whether your period's going to come. So you could look at this as saying like, okay, great. So spotting, you know, either way could mean I'm pregnant, could mean I'm not. It's probably not caused by implantation, but maybe it is, who knows? you know, studies don't really think it is. But then they go on to say that actually, you know, if you do have that spotting, that light bleeding, there's a good chance that's going to be your period coming rather than a pregnancy. So if you are trying to conceive, this probably seems pretty accurate. <laughs> you can probably think back to past cycles where you did have that spotting and you, you know, were hoping and wishing and crossing your fingers that it was implantation bleeding, but it actually turned out to be your period. And apparently that's just the odds. So just like they say, not every woman uh, who does, or sorry, not every person who does become pregnant experiences implantation bleeding. I wonder if another way of saying that is if you do experience quote unquote implantation bleeding, odds are it's not, <laughs> it's just your period on its way. 
Um, but of course, they do recognize that sometimes there is bleeding in early pregnancy. So it's not always the fact that it's going to lead up to your period. You could be pregnant. And they give three sort of causes for what could be um, the reason behind that early pregnancy bleeding. So the first is a drop in progesterone. So that is what happens when you're about to have your period. You shed your uterine lining because your progesterone drops. However, I think you need, and again, I'm not a doctor, of course, consult your own experts. Um, you do need progesterone in pregnancy. And if you do have a serious drop, there's a higher risk of miscarriage. So if that is something you're dealing with, um, I don't know if you had like your levels checked or you know that's a problem, or even if you just do experience that bleeding, I think in early pregnancy, anytime you experience bleeding, you're supposed to get in touch with your healthcare provider and just, you know, make sure everything's looking okay. Um, there is an option for them to sort of give you a little boost of progesterone to sort of help you uh, support your pregnancy. So if that's a concern, definitely speak to your healthcare provider about that. The other cause is just unexplained uh, early pregnancy bleeding, which is hilarious to me that there are literally medical terms called like unexplained infertility, unexplained early pregnancy bleeding. Like that's what do you mean? <laughs> that tells me nothing. I could have told you it was unexplained before I got here. Why did we do all these tests? Um, and the third cause is a chemical pregnancy. So that's a really early miscarriage pregnancy loss, basically where the egg and sperm have fertilized, but they uh, did not implant in the correct place. And obviously uh, those are pretty sad and devastating, but usually, um, or not usually, but sometimes you don't actually know that it was a chemical pregnancy because it, um, you know, there's not a big procedure. You don't have to go for the DNC or anything. There's not... Um, there's no, yeah, I don't, I, I want to be careful with my language here because I don't want to minimize uh, a loss like that. I, I think, I think just the truth is that some people don't realize they've had uh, a chemical pregnancy or an early pregnancy loss because the way this works is, you know, the egg never, or the fertilized egg never implants. Um, so if you were taking a pregnancy test, you might've gotten a positive, but then you will have uh, bleeding as if it was your normal period. And I believe with chemical pregnancies, it's just like slightly heavier bleeding, but a lot of people, again, just don't even realize it because they hadn't taken a test yet or the test was still showing as negative. And then their period came um, and it just was like, oh, a little more blood than usual, like not really anything out of the ordinary. So those are sort of the three causes that this Ava World article uh, brings up as to what could be the reason behind that early pregnancy bleeding if it actually is pregnancy and not just your period on its way. Okay, so what do we do with all of this information? So if this is the first time you're hearing about this, uh, this research that Ava is sharing, I encourage you to do a little bit more research. Um, even you can, I'll link, like I said, I'll link the uh, article from Ava in the show notes so you can read it yourself and they link all of the studies that they reference. So you can uh, click on those and learn a little bit more, uh, check into the study, see if there are other studies. Like I said, I didn't do um, you know, extensive research on this. I did some Googling and found some articles, but I'm sure you could dive deep into this a lot more. But I think sort of the TLDR here is that spotting is common both before a period and before, you know, early pregnancy. And we don't really seem to know if it is caused by implantation. And these studies here seem to think it's not. So it's interesting to me that, you know, we do have these studies saying that, you know, it's it's unlikely that it's actually implantation that is causing vaginal bleeding. Like we can't really find a causation link between those two things. And yet so many 
really reputable websites and health authorities, you know, like the Mayo Clinic are just going on as if implantation bleeding is a thing. And I think the reason that's the fact is because there is that bleeding. So, you know, if we weren't calling it implantation bleeding, if we just called it light bleeding, then yes, there is light bleeding in early pregnancy and in, you know, pre-period times. Um, Whether or not it's caused by implantation, however, is a whole other story. So, sorry, I said that was going to be the TLDR and it was like a 45 second (laughs) explanation as opposed to like one line. Um, But I think what we can take away from this is like for you as a person trying to conceive, doesn't really matter if it's implantation bleeding or not. Like, do you care if it's implantation caused bleeding or if it's just bleeding, right? For me personally, I don't care. Like, it doesn't mean much to me if it's bleeding caused by implantation versus bleeding just, you know, unexplained pregnancy bleeding or whatever. Obviously, if it's bleeding due to a drop in progesterone or a chemical pregnancy, that's a whole nother thing and that sucks and that's something to deal with. Um, But if it's just unexplained pregnancy bleeding, I don't really care if it's that versus implantation bleeding. So I think what we can take away from this is if you do experience spotting, light bleeding in, I'm going to say anywhere from six to 17 days (laughs) past conception, because that seems to be the most generous window here. If we look at all the different uh, dates and numbers, if you do experience spotting light bleeding anytime within, you know, a week to two and a half weeks after you conceive, it doesn't necessarily mean you're pregnant and it doesn't necessarily mean you're not. So, you know, if you go on any online pregnancy forums, you have people being like, oh, I had this kind of spotting at day 10. Um, you know, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you're pregnant. doesn't mean 100% that was implantation bleeding. doesn't mean it's your period. Um, but we do have to remember that that Ava article did go on to say that in the 2016 study, most women who did have spotting um, ended up getting their periods instead of a positive pregnancy test. So when you see the spotting, I know how tempting it is to be like, no, 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 it's implantation bleeding, which we now know it probably isn't. Um, Or even, you know, no, 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 it's, you know, it's just that pre-early pregnancy spotting. I think it's helpful to know that most times it's not. Most times it really is just pre-menstrual bleeding spotting. Um, And that's kind of helpful to know. I know, at least for me, um, as much as I want to be hopeful and sort of wait and hold out and, you know, hope that it's it's not bad it's something else and that you know this really is the right time it's I think having the knowledge is helpful it's one of those things that you can sort of you know you see it and it's a few days before your periods due or a week before or whatever and you can kind of say to yourself okay probably not this time let me get my head around this let me you know be slightly you know keep that glimmer of hope why not right um but also sort of stealing yourself for this not being your time um, that's, I think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> if I, if I have spotting, if I experience any spotting during this two week wait window or any of my future two week wait windows, I'm going to assume it's my period coming. I'm going to assume, you know, things didn't work out. I'm not going to, you know, totally lose hope, but I think that's sort of a healthy way to look at it rather than to, you know, try it and piece together <laughs> some sort of intricate puzzle and explain how it's actually implantation bleeding. And this is a really good positive sign. I'm going to see it and I'm going to say, okay, this is probably my period coming. This wasn't my time. Maybe, maybe small slimmer of hope. Let's, you know, hold out and see what happens over the next week or so. But uh, odds are this, this wasn't it.
So that's where I'm going to land with it. Um, I hope this was helpful. I don't know if hearing this kind of information is sad and depressing or if this is um, you know, good to and useful to know sort of what's up. And again, um, do your own research here. There might be other articles that explain things better or, you know, more recent studies or something like that. Again, I do find it really interesting that so many reputable big name health authorities uh, are going ahead with implantation bleeding being a real thing, as opposed to just calling it like early pregnancy bleeding or something like that. So it could kind of cover any, uh, magic window <laughs> of things. It is, it's super interesting to me. It doesn't seem very scientific that, you know, um, people would have bleeding during that time period, both when they are getting their period and when they're pregnant and that we would decide that like, ah, yes, it must be the implantation bleeding. Um, even though that's obviously not the case most of the time. So a bit strange, but I'm not a scientist. So there we are. <laughs> so, uh, wherever you are on your journey, I wish you well. Um, I hope, I hope you don't get bleeding, I guess, since odds are the bleeding will mean your period's coming. So I hope, I hope you don't get bleeding and I hope you're doing okay. Um, and I hope for myself that it becomes less hot and I become less sick. That would be great. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Any Questions, a podcast about conception, pregnancy, and realistic motherhood. If you liked hearing from me, I'd really appreciate it if you could do all the things. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend. Even if I wasn't able to answer all of your questions, I hope there's some relief in knowing you're not alone in asking them. Thanks so much for being here.